The teen formal wear swap is back at the Salt Lake County Library. Donate gently used pre-laundered men's and women's formal wear items at any county library branch this month. Then teens can pick their outfits in March just in time for prom season. More details at thecountylibrary.org. Homegrown's all right with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Welcome to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. It's Friday, which means it's Punk Rock Farmer Friday. And joining me in the Zoom room, hey Al, how are you? I'm good. It's Al, Punk Rock Farmer. You know, we have a show packed full of urban farming stuff. We're up on the hill with Sarah Patterson with a check-in. We have Ben Swisher with us from HUM, the the local music, the public library, and um, just a really packed show. Allison Innerson is with us, and it's a farmer's market day up on the hill coming up. Who else, Laura? We got Skywatcher Leo T. Oh, your urban farm report. We're talking shrooms, the kind that you grill the kind that you saute i should be clear al <laughs> well mushrooms are really medicinal too so uh, we have katie lawson with us and um you know she has a csa and uh, mushrooms maybe people think they're a little finicky but uh we've had a little success ourselves growing mushrooms haven't we laura Yes, Katie was kind enough to let us experiment with how she grows them in a bucket last year. And I had it in my garage and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a pack rat, so I don't go in my garage that often. And I forgot about it. And I went in there one day and these be- beautiful, huge mushrooms coming out of the bucket. And I really want to explain that technique because I think it's easy for the, the homeowner there or the, you know, the, maybe the apartment dweller to do something like that. And her company is called fungal focus looking forward to that coming up but let's get started with some some homegrown music aldine sounds good ben swisher how are you doing today i'm doing great how are you very good thanks for being with us i know um submissions are in for hum uh i think it's february 22nd is the deadline yeah exactly that's right and so how can folks how can folks get involved with that local music this is what we're talking about yeah, for sure. So all they have to do is go to the HUM website to do that. So it's hum.slcpl.org. And then there's a couple places on the website, a special message or submit kind of links there. And then it'll walk you through kind of what you need to do. Basically, it's just if you've made music in Utah in the last five years, then you're eligible to submit that. So as long as there's a clear like Utah local tie to it, then you can submit that music. And then the jury considers all the submissions and then they make selections and yeah. And then we pay those folks that are accepted for the submission round. We asked you and Jason, who was on last week to get a grand total because I, I, I given the last two years of COVID Al, right? Musicians have been hit hard, um, not having places to gig, being able to connect with their audience and get their music in people's hands or sell their merchandise. And before all this happened, Hum was making a point of we pay for our acquisitions into the catalog and how much how much is the library spent supporting local music ben um yeah so i was coming through the numbers last night and today for that and so it's basically just over forty thousand dollars if you consider hum submissions since about 2017 2018 hum fest which we did the library uh, pre-pandemic 
And then Hum TV, which is our local TV show that we do where we interview musicians as well. So combining all of that together under the Hum umbrella, it's over $40,000 so far, which is really incredible um, and really great that we're able to give back to the community in that way. So Ben, Breakfast in Silence is the first band. Can you give us a little background on those guys? Yeah, um, so they're listed under like punk rock and blues on the Hum site. And I feel like they're kind of well-known just in the SLC DIY community. And I feel like they really capture what feels special about emo to me. Um, the vocalist is just very all in. I feel like it's very what you see is what you get. And there's this really familial nature to them. Um, and this specific song I'm going to play is called Flat Provo from CW Loss, which came out in 2020. And I think the best way to listen to it is either the next time you need to process some angst on a walk through the cemetery, or if you just need a good song to throw on if you're homesick for some tight-knit house shows. This one is Flat Provo by Breakfast in Silence, right here fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. Here's how caged birds sing real loud till they wear FM KRCL's funding comes from individual listeners like you, as well as businesses, corporations, and foundations. KRCL has an open meeting policy. The station holds open board of trustee and community advisory board meetings. You may view KRCL's yearly financial report, audited financial statements, EEO reports, and meeting schedule on our website at krcl.org. It's many cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here as we look up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. In the sky tonight at dusk, you can't miss the treasures in the night sky if you just look up and left at about a 45 degree angle for an orange star called Beta Sethi. This is the far western star of the dim big constellation Cetus the Whale. Yeah, we're star hopping now. 
With Cetus the whale in mind, we dip back down to earth and into the oceans where whales sing their eerie songs deep below the surface and can be heard for over 600 miles. And an echo penetrates the seafloor and bounces back up. Studying the frequencies, scientists gain a low-resolution ultrasound of the Earth's crust. Wow, whales. Let's lift up now. With the little Skywatcher spacecraft, similar things going on here on Mars with NASA's Mars Insight probe that landed in 2018. Studying Mars quakes rippling through the planet, Insight's data enables scientists to get a rough idea of its mantle and thickness of its crust. Now Swiss geophysicists have fine-tuned the lander's instruments to look directly under the surface, using a technique to listen to wind and oceans on Earth that shake the ground on Earth. They use that to measure and map the subsurface of Mars. And what are we looking for on Mars? Water. And we have found evidence of water flows, ancient seabeds, lakes, rivers, gorges, and ice caps. The ice caps are made mostly of water, with a layer of carbon dioxide on top. This leads to the quest to find, you got it, life on Mars. And it's one sky, many cultures. In her book, The Sirens of Mars, planetary scientist Sarah Stewart-Johnson, who worked on NASA Spirit Opportunity and Curiosity rovers, writes about studying microorganisms, and as such relates a story written by Voltaire in 1752 about a tall, tall visitor, 120,000 feet tall. Woo! Whoa! Come on! Uh, but think about how tall we are compared to a blade of grass, a grasshopper, or a gnat, or a paramecium. So this visitor initially believes the Earth is devoid of life, but continues looking around and standing in the Baltic Ocean, spies a moving speck and picks it up with his fingernail. He discovers that it is a whale, then discovers another moving speck and with his magnifying glass looks in and it's a boat full of Arctic explorers. Commiserating with them about being so small and asking if they had always been in that pitiful condition, a <laughs> little better than annihilation, and what they found to do on a planet that appears belonging to whales. Hmm. Well, we'll continue with this on our next adventure from micro life to whales on Earth, the planets and the stars. Check the website for all sources. Keep looking up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Many cultures, one sky with Skywatcher Leo T. Check tonight's show notes for a link to his Facebook page and catch up on the latest Skylore with Leo. I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive. It's Punk Rock Farmer Friday with Aldine Strict 9, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, and we have a legislative update with the Agrihood in a minute, but I needed to shoehorn something in that I just got a breaking press release on from Ashley Patterson, former executive director of Wasatch Community Gardens. Hey, Ashley, how you doing? Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Is your heart starting to think of planting seeds yet? <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but I've been harvesting arugula and collards and chard all, all winter. winter long. You've got what a greenhouse and a frame. Oh, yep, I have little little grow box, little um, hoop houses, and they've been doing just fine. It was such a mild winter, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you sent me a press release about something you're doing on February 17th with the King's English, the beloved bookshop, locally owned bookshop up in the 15th and 15th neighborhood of Salt Lake. And I love how through the pandemic, they've pivoted to having author conversations online with something called Crowdcast. Stick around, folks. We'll tell you how to get in on this. But you have an old friend who's got a book out. I do. Um yeah, Beth Hoffman uh, sadly couldn't be on the show, but um, that means you really have to tune in on Thursday. She was a, a journalist and a journalism professor uh, in San Francisco for about 20 years, and her husband 
uh, had a family farm in Iowa. And as soon as his kids were grown, they picked up out of the big city and moved to a 530 acre farm to try to figure out. Wow. (laughs) That's some optimism there. That's not with a rocking that, chair retirement is what I have an 88-year-old father-in-law oh, who wow. still is, you know, helping out and such. And so well, um, Beth, used to, yeah, Beth used to live in Salt Lake City. That's how you two crossed paths. And um, I'm starting to see more and more folks writing about their experience, experience trying to live that most American of dreams, farming. And what's her new book called? It's called Beth the Farm. Um And I think what you just said is so applicable because she spends a lot of the book talking about how they're able to, they don't make any money. The economics of farming is so difficult. And the reason they're able to do it partially is because they sold a house in San Francisco and his family had this farm. And so it's really... Um, I think an important book for people to be reading because um, where are we going to get farmers? Right. People can't afford the land. Well, and you saw over the course of your career or, or service, I should say, with Wasatch Community Gardens as executive director, what happened to farmland across the Wasatch Front as more people moved here, as more homes, and we sprawled from the cities through the farmland. And, you know, I'm um, in a home search right now myself, and it's not affordable just to live on the land, let alone grow food on the land right now. And I I don't know how many spots you can do that in anymore, it seems like. Yeah, it's hard to imagine uh, if you were, you know, a young person and this is what you wanted to do with your life, being able to find a place to um, get some property to grow things. And you don't want to invest in the land if you're not going to be able to own it. Yeah, exactly. So Bet the Farm, I love the subtitle, The Dollars and Cents of Growing Food in America. You've had a chance to read the book. She delves into this. What are your concerns with this situation in our country? Well, I think that um, I... I think that there's still this romantic notion about farming that would be nice to get rid of. It's, it's sort of like, Oh, isn't it great? Farmers are so, you know, what a great lifestyle you're outdoors and you're on the land. It's a green acres approach to the, yeah. when, you know, people need to make money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's Mm -hmm. face it. You've got to be able to make a living to do the things that you want to do in life. And I think she's really working on that. Um, and also, you know, she talks a lot about some of the the issues that so many of us have been grappling with around um, racism and how that's had an impact on who owns the land and who farms and, um, and just super relevant issues for today that I just can't recommend the book highly enough. So on Thursday next week, 6 p.m. Mountain on Crabcast with the King's English, you will be hosting a conversation with the author Beth Hoffman. What are you going to talk about? Well, you know, I um, concocted a handful of questions. Um, One of the things I really want to hear from her on, which isn't really covered in the book, but um, is I noticed this a lot in my own uh, career here around farming, but just this 
urban-rural divide, which happens in farming, but I think it happens in political discourse. I think we saw, we've seen it a lot with the pandemic. And I just would love to talk about ideas for, for somehow stitching and mending some of those, those divisions because farming seems like a natural place to be able to find common ground and build relationships and connections over this shared love of growing food. So she said, oh, yeah, people haven't been asking me that question in these interviews. And I, <laughs> I, I can talk about that forever. <laughs> so, so that's coming up that one. on Thursday, February 17th, 6 p.m. We'll put a link in the show notes, folks. It doesn't cost you anything to join the Crowdcast. You do have the option to get the book from a local bookstore. We'll put a link in the show notes. And Ashley, what are you looking forward to about this growing season coming up? Um, I, I have cover crops in and I might not grow. (laughs) (laughs) You may just go to the farmer's market, right? I might, I just might do that. Take a little time off. Um, (laughs) but if not, uh, you know, my, I'd love it all. There's just nothing more healing than being able to, to spend time in your garden. It's just, it's fantastic. And I can't thank you and Al and KRCL enough for continuing to promote promote this this work that people are doing in our community. So good to see you, Ashley. Take care. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much, Laura. Ashley Patterson, former executive director of Wasatch Community Gardens. It doesn't cost you anything, but you do need to sign up on their Crowdcast platform, and we'll put a link in tonight's show notes so you can uh, check it out. And that, again, will be Thursday, February 17th, 6 p.m. online with the King's English Bookshop, Beth Hoffman, author of Bet the Farm, The Dollars and Cents of Growing Food in America. And, Al, it's time to go back up to the hill and check on the people's business, Aldine. Yes, Allison Anderson and Sarah Patterson are with us. Sarah from Red Acre Center. Allison with the Downtown Alliance. Allison, you have something coming up the day on the hill for the Farmer's Market Day on the Hill. And so that's going to be on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Tell folks a little bit about what happens. I know there's a little bit of schmoozing involved and making presents known and that kind of thing. Isn't that the most romantic thing you can think of to do on Valentine's Day (laughs) is serve legislators lunch. Yeah, we'll be up on the hill uh, with Sarah and Simbria. The Ogden Farmer's Market will be there. We'll be there. and we just, you know, we interact with our legislators. We talk about the importance of uh, farming and food in the state and how farmers markets play into that. And it should be really fun. It's just a chance to sort of have some FaceTime um, with your representatives and, and talk to them about your passion, which for me is farmers markets and food. So on Valentine's Day, and we are doing love notes on Valentine's Day, folks, I'm just going to throw in a pitch here, Al. Call our Love Note hotline and send out some love to the agrihood. If you are a small farmer, if you shop at the farmer's market, if you want lawmakers to support and fund a food hub, call it out. Call 801-903-1279. That's 801-903-1279. You can even dedicate a song in your Love Note, folks. And so, Sarah, uh, I got this great newsletter from you all talking about bills relevant to the center's mission. You guys are so pro now, man. After how many years up there, Sarah? This is year seven. We're finally figuring out after seven years. (laughs) Seven years and I see a farm to school program bill, 
local food advisory council amendments, large concentrated animal feeding operation amendments. It's really starting to pick up even food truck licensing amendments and micro enterprise home kitchen amendments. This is all good stuff as far as you guys are concerned at the Red Acre Center? Yeah, it's good stuff. We aren't really fighting anything, which is good. Like we're working together. We're having conversations. We're sitting down at the same table. It's There's not like this backbiting your team, our team. We're coming together, which I think is really important. I mean, there's still education to be had all around, you know, but um, we're definitely making headway, which is good. And appropriations too, we're definitely making headway there too. Like they're, we're, we're on the list. Allison is on the list where a few years ago, we weren't even on the list. Tell us, Allison, you're on the list. How much uh, are you asking for and for what? We are asking for $235,000 and that money will go to do a deep dive on the Rio Grande Depot. So for those of you who don't know the Rio Grande Depot, we've been holding the winter market there. We held it there for seven years in a row until of course there was an earthquake. The state has committed to the repair and the state will be paying for that repair, the seismic upgrade and the repairs to the building. So that's covered. And what this money will do is allow us to go in and really study the engineering, um, you know, everything from the electrical to the plumbing to the structure of the building. So we can see if a public market is, a, is the right fit for that building. Um, that's been our goal for a really long time is to have a really high and best public use for that building, um, which it doesn't really have right now. And there's some really interesting things happening uh, in the west, uh, to the west of the depot with the University of Utah and a planned innovation district. So we are at a crossroads, um, really what we like to call a generational opportunity um, to do something really cool and to finally get some activation in a neighborhood that, you know, we've been working in the trenches on for a really long time. So um, it's exciting. Millions, billions for Inland Port, $235,000 for a Rio Grande Depot public market feasibility. That's couch cushion change. So lawmakers, pay it, pay it up. That's where I want my tax dollar going, Al. For sure. Allison, you mentioned the winter market. Let's um, let's make sure the folks that have no idea or maybe haven't been to the winter market, let's explain a little, just a little bit about what happens every Saturday at the Gateway. Every Saturday through April 23rd, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., we host the winter market. We have had some of the, we've had like the busiest weekends we've ever had. And so it's been great. We have a ton of more growers and fresh produce this, this this year. So it's been great to see a lot of those farmers build up capacity to be able to have that stuff during the winter. So come on down. It's really fun. We're just north of the, of the Olympic Legacy Fountain. We keep the doors open. It's going to be 50 degrees. It's going to be a beautiful day to shop grass-fed meats, produce, cheese, beautiful baked goods, um, all the fresh greens you want right now, for sure, uh, and everything else. RNA Hydroponics from last week, Al, I went down and chatted with them over the weekend and picked up some stuff. Um, speaking of farmer's market and promotion, there's an appropriation ask for that as well. I'm guessing you might know of that, Allison? Yeah. Representative Candy's bill. Yeah, there. Um, it, that's a really small ask to support the Utah Farmer's Market Network. Um, which has been around for a few years now that got started with an FMPP grant. Um, so it's basically just to continue that work to fund that um, the position that has been organizing farmers markets throughout the state. Um, we have 20 something farmers markets. I think we have 26 now statewide. Um, and so uh, I've been on the leadership team of that since its inception. And 
there's a lot of good work to be done to bring farmers markets together and to advocate for farmers markets and farmers at the state level. So hopefully that will go through. So Sarah, um, pastries and politics, you guys are doing it every Thursday and it's education about what to do up on the hill, how you, how to get involved. Yeah. I, so we do pastries and politics every Thursday at 9.30 and it's really been awesome to get people up there who would not go up there, who have never been up there, who are intimidated by the process and we get to sit in a room and kind of talk about ideas and things that they're concerned about and things that we've been able to see over the years and kind of make it um, digestible or more real. You know, like it seems overwhelming when, you know, the session's going on and you're hearing all these crazy things or you know, like news says something, but when you go up there, you see there is people behind the curtain, right? <laughs> and um, it is approachable. So it's been really awesome. And Al's come to a few of them and there's great pastries. So, you know, if nothing else, we could eat good food. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell folks where they can get in touch with the center, uh, Sarah. Yeah, so the center, um, the best thing to do is go to our website, redacrecenter.org and sign up for the email list. And then that will kind of keep you involved with the bills that we're working on and um, anything that's happening on the Hill that you can come on and be involved in. So. And Allison, you want to give a, a note on where you guys can be found and what you're up to? You bet. We are at slcfarmersmarket.org. All the information about the market is there. Um, dates for winter market. Applications are open for summer market. Um, so go to our website for more information on that if you want to apply to be a vendor at the downtown farmers market. Um, and that's it. And Farmer's Market Day on the Hill coming up on Monday, Valentine's Day. I get to hang out with my Valentine, Steve Handy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, I'll be there. I'm going to, I'm going to come up. Maybe I can help out do something. I'll see you there. Perfect. I'll put you to work. See you at the market tomorrow. See you Saturday. Aldine, we have our friend Ricky back from not only Mobile Moon Co-op, but mostly in their role at Salt Lake City Public Library and The Plot Community Garden. Before we bring them on, though, I just want to mention the seeds that folks got for the last pledge drive are going out in the mail this coming week, folks. So be looking in your mailbox for something from Aldine, the punk rock farmer. Hey, Ricky, how you doing? Yeah, doing well. Really excited about some upcoming events at the Salt Lake City Public Library. Not only do we have a seed swap coming up, we're also offering a kind of first round uh, maiden voyage garden certification program, which is really exciting. And I am stoked to share with you all about how that'll go down. So you're the garden coordinator at Salt Lake Public Library. And um, this class sounds really cool. It's uh, it's pretty long. It's 72 hours. It goes for a few months. Um, tell us a little bit about the details. It's going to be on Saturday. Um, what are you guys going to be teaching? The interest in doing this is to give people a really immersive experience of an entire growing season where every step of the way we're holding their hands and showing them um, kind of what the different processes look like in, in growing through an entire season. So we'll begin on March 5th and talk about just uh, what, what can be expected. We'll meet every Saturday. Well, actually, the first three Saturdays of every month is when we'll officially meet. 
If you can't make it to one of those, we'll have makeup sessions on the fourth or fifth Saturdays of the month. So if it's something where you have a wedding or, or some event you have to go to and you have to miss a class, you can make it up. Um, but overall, it will be a 72-hour course, which is uh, generally pretty uh, complete educational certification um, amount of hours. And I think it'll be really powerful. I mean, growing with people over the course of an entire season, um, I think there's no way to not stay friends with people or expand your network and um, really build skills. And, and that's what this is about. In previous years, we have had community garden space, you know, 18 beds open to 18 people and people could come and go at will. Um, but this, this will be really more of an immersive experience where people will be coming together, um, learning. We'll do kind of a lecture style for the first hour of class, but also kind of participating in um, quizzes or activities. The second hour of each class will be really hands-on. So if we're talking about soil, we'll dive in and we'll, we'll, we'll actually make compost, you know, or we'll do soil tests. Um, and then the third hour will be kind of time to work on your own bed. So if you're taking this course, you'll get two beds. You'll get one for personal use, and then you'll get one bed that's also to be grown for the general public. And this is so that if, if you're unable to come to a class every week, people can still engage in the plot and they can still use this space and snack. Snack out of the garden. Right there. Yeah. The plot is a is a space there at the at the library where there's some community garden space, correct? That's absolutely right. It's at the downtown library on the east side of the building, kind of northeast. And the classes will be centered there too, also. Yes, so cool. Awesome. And and I'm, I know there's going to be. I know it's going to be really hands on. I know you guys are very into the holistic aspect of things, and there'll be some of that being taught too. Absolutely, we're going to talk about herbalism. Just, we're not going to use uh, pesticides or artificial fertilizers. It'll, this will be purely organic um, and very hands on approaches to. So weeding and soil fertility and harvesting, everything will be uh, connected, really. For sure. Um, and, and also, let's connect even more. So pretty soon, it's time to plant seeds. And you guys have a seed library at the library also. <laughs> True. And it's expanding. The program is expanding. So we'll have actually two more branches uh, with seed libraries this year, in addition to the five that we've had in previous years. So um, March, mark your calendars for March 5th. That's when our seed libraries will all be um, launching uh, seed swaps. So anybody can come down and, and get seeds and it's not required to bring seeds, but if you have garden seeds or, or packets that you haven't used that you wanna donate, this is a great, great space to do that. And, and one more thing, you guys are going to also, in these classes, focus on design. And uh, people will be um, making up their own designs, and uh, they'll be submitted at the end of the class. I, I think I read that. Yes. Yeah, so at the end of the season, after, after we've kind of learned a lot of the skills associated with gardening, um, I think a big part of, of gardening and learning how to 
work in community gardens especially is is kind of design thinking. So the idea with this program is that we will be working with individuals in the community to give them the skills they need to kind of grow their own gardens or even start their own community garden. So the onus will be on each of the participants to um, kind of select a space for themselves to design a possible garden. And there'll be a presentation at the end uh, where you will get to kind of share your plan um, with the rest of the class and hopefully make it happen. Very cool. Great stuff. Again, this is the plot garden certification we're talking about. And the sign up deadline is when, Ricky? That is also Valentine's Day, February 14th. So <laughs> this weekend would be a great time to get your sort of your application in for the certification. Does it cost anything to participate? It's 100% free just because that's how great the library is. Everything at the library is free. SLCPL.org slash the plot. Um, there's a banner if you just go to slcpl.org and you should be able to go right to the plot garden certification. Well, congratulations on this, uh, the new direction for the plot, Ricky. Great work. Thank you. Thanks, Ricky. Now I have your phone number. So if I, if I need to get in touch with you, I can. And then, uh, anytime you have something like this going on, let me know. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, Aldine. Thanks, Laura. Check tonight's show notes, folks, for a link to the Plot Garden Certification Program. The seed swap's coming up. Just such cool work that they do down there. We need some more homegrown music, Al. And folks out there, if you haven't heard, Hear Utah Music Hum is the local music catalog curated at the Salt Lake City Public Library. And the submissions window is open. They only do it twice a year, Al. Deadline coming up on February 22nd. Let's get another song from Ben Swisher. Find out about this next band. Ben, we have Jesse QT and Friends, obviously local band. What kind of music is this one? They describe themselves as being avant-pop folk. I feel like it's kind of like if you had some medieval musicians that were time traveling and then they were trying to do indie to blend in. Um, and this song, yeah, it's called Little Lightning from an album called Naps in 2017. And we had some like weird lightning in Salt Lake during a snowstorm, I think back in December. And I remember putting this song on the next day. So I think that's the ideal pairing for this song, but really feels like a good song to go to after any cleansing calm after a storm. Little Lightning by Jesse QT and Friends, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. You called my name in 
send your Valentine a love note on the radio. Valentine's Day is Monday, February 14th, and we're playing Cupid with KRCL Love Notes. Call the Love Note hotline and leave a message or shout out for that special person or even a local organization. Call 801-903-1279 to leave your love note. Then tune in KRCL Monday, February 14th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to hear love songs, breakup songs, makeup songs, and listener love notes on air. Find the number and details at krcl.org. Support for KRCL comes from the Mobile Moon Co-op, a female and queer collective and mobile apothecary offering handcrafted herbal products, teas, and cultural events and workshops. More information at mobilemooncoop.org or on social media platforms at Mobile Moon Co-op. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL. I'm Laura Jones. It's 7 o'clock. It's Democracy Now! Not a sideshow with Circus Brown at 8, and Friday Night Fallout checks in at 10.30. Our entire lineup online at krcl.org. Click the programming tab, and you can get the last two weeks of any show on KRCL, including Punk Rock Farmer Fridays with Aldine, on demand, thanks to listeners like you who supported the station in the past. All right, Aldine, it's time for your Urban Farm Report. For more true tales of the agrihood, who do you have on tonight? Today we have Katie Lawson, and it's, it's it's always exciting to talk about fungi and mushrooms. And um, Katie, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I mentioned this at the top of the show. I mean, I myself, and I'm sure people have heard that mushrooms take a very sterile and controlled environment, and that may deter people a bit. But we're going to make a disclaimer about that, aren't we? Yeah. Um, there are definitely steps in the process that need to stay sterile and there are species that require a higher degree of preparation, but there are definitely plenty of options for us to grow here in Utah. I mean, I've even had success <laughs> growing mushrooms with a kit, but I, um, and that's what you're talking about. We're talking about kits and you are doing a CSA where I'm I'm supposing that folks will be able to get some kits from you. Yeah. So my company, Fungal Focus, we offer a grow kit subscription service. So it's a little bit different than a farm CSA because ours is once a month and you receive the kit with directions for how to grow it in our climate. The species have been pretty well vetted to make sure that they'll grow here because it's pretty dry in Utah. And then the directions are specific for how to grow in a desert. So explain what we're, what folks will be getting. It's um, like a little plastic container, I believe. It varies by species. The oyster mushrooms, which don't require as high of a degree of sterilization, those are in recycled food grade buckets. And this year we upgraded to organic straw, which I'm really excited about. And then some of the other species like shiitake, for example, those are grown on wood. It's actually a byproduct. It's the sawdust from a local mill. So taking some, some waste and turning it into food and those are in bags. So it depends on which one we're growing, but generally I try to use recycled or um, food grade materials. And um, so we, you get the, you get the, 
the what do you call it? the medium I, I suppose that's what it's called substrate substrate so you get the substrate and then we we water it we add water and we kind of just wait and um, I know some of the the pearl um, the pearl oysters they grew very well and they're they're a pretty easy one to start with yeah, oyster mushrooms in general are pretty beginner friendly and we have quite a few species that are native to Utah. So whenever the season allows, we grow things that are native. Um, they don't do as well in July and August and even last year in June when it was over 100. So that time of year we grow more of the warm weather species or the indoor species. Katie, I just wanna know where your passion for mushrooms and mycology uh, when it started, frankly, and in full disclosure, I've taken one of her classes. I've tried one of her grow kits. She knows her stuff. But Katie, what inspired you? I went to a free talk at the wonderful public library, which we are highlighting so well tonight. <laughs> uh, that was a talk by Peter McCoy, who wrote Radical Mycology back in 2016. I went to his talk and I think about 10 minutes in, I realized that the direction of my life had just changed. I had been farming since 2011, but I hadn't really given much thought to the fungal aspect. And as it turns out, it's incredibly important, not only for growing mushrooms, but for understanding soil tilth, plant immunity, plant resiliency, all of these things tie into mycology. And so it's just a topic that's really hard to look away from once you see it. Well, and if you've seen, what is it? Um, what was the movie, Al? You just watched it again. Fantastic fungi, yes. <laughs> you can stream that, folks. You got it. You got to see it because I love the um, the visualization of the underground network and um, also just the conversation about what you know. Food is medicine, Al. You like to talk about that. Mushrooms really get us there too, right, Al? Right, um, Katie. I mean, mushrooms have a big medicinal value. I know um, some of the turkey tails and I, I know um, some of the maitake, um, I know some of them have really great powers. Yeah, most of them have qualities that are, are beneficial for us. Most of the culinary ones, I should say. Obviously, there's some with very not beneficial <laughs> qualities for us, but anything that you would buy in a grocery store or grow in a grow kit, they have all sorts of immune system boosting properties. Generally, they're, they're immunomodulators, so they help your immune system maintain homeostasis. So what that means is if you're sick and your immune system is not reacting as strongly as you would like it to, different mushrooms can help prompt a stronger immune system reaction. Or if your immune system is overreacting, like um, seasonal allergies, it can help kind of cool those down. Of course, all of this should be talked over with your doctor. I'm definitely not a doctor, but I do know a fair amount about fungi and the different things that they have to offer. So cool. I have another question for you about personal use of mushrooms is really how to clean and cook them. I struggle with that um, and how long they last once I bring them home or from the store, the farmer's market, or from my CSA grow kit from Fungal Focus in the garage. So um, cleaning them, I mean, you don't really want to rinse, get them waterlogged in any way, right? I don't usually rinse them. One of the reasons I stopped growing on coffee grounds was because they come out of that so dirty. The bottom, the base of it is just kind of covered in coffee grounds and 
it wasn't really conducive to a culinary application. So the nice thing about the grow kits is you cut the mushrooms off of the side of the bucket and they come off clean. If you don't prefer to eat the stems because of the texture, you can just cut those off, but you really don't have to do very much cleaning. I think when people forage mushrooms, which I freely admit I'm not very good at, uh, I think they use like a brush, um, a clean paintbrush, or a lot of the mushroom hunting knives will come with a cleaning brush on the end. And then my advice is to always cook mushrooms. We have a hard time digesting them without heat, breaking them down for us a little bit before we eat them. And we don't really receive a whole lot of their nutritional or medicinal benefits without cooking them first. Interesting. So what do you think? Olive oil, garlic, butter, that's pretty much your go-to? I'm a grapeseed oil fan myself. Um, so I'll do that. Or I like to put them in, I'll make rice noodles, kind of like a homemade ramen type situation. Another thing I really like to do, because sometimes with the grow kits, and especially if you have more than one, it's more mushrooms than you can eat before their shelf life is kind of over. So you can slice them and just dehydrate them in the sun. And I mean, we have the perfect climate for dehydrating things in the sun in the summertime. And then you can powderize them and add them into, into flour. I like to put them in gravy and then they're still getting cooked because you're cooking them after you've dehydrated them. But that's a nice way to store them and to add flavor to different things. I really enjoy doing that. I, I like to, um, I like to make stews. I like, uh, I'll make a lamb stew and I'll put mushrooms in it or an oxtail uh, soup and put mushrooms in it. I, I think there's so many different ways in an omelet, obviously. I mean, I love mushrooms. I think they're, uh, you know, some people may have to have an acquired taste, but boy, they're missing out if they don't like mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Katie, you got a couple classes coming up, right? I do. Yeah. So in addition to the CSA, which is, um, I should mention, starts next month. So signups for that are happening now. It might be a nice one. Valentine's Day gift, since we've been talking about that too. Uh, so signups for the CSA are happening now. And then classes start up again. Well, really, they never stopped, but we'll get into more classes starting next month. I teach with Lifelong Learning. I teach with the Mushroom Society. I teach with Slow Food Utah and Harmons, all different community organizations and local companies that have been generous enough to work with me. Um, that events the event page on my website so my website is fungalfocusutah.com and then you can either click on grow kits if you're interested in that or click on the events page if you are interested in taking a class yeah awesome wow fantastic so much to think about and opportunities to learn from katie katie um one of our friends just uh messaged us and it's jamie bonfiglio and she's involved with mushrooms and there's actually going to be a mushroom fest coming up in may have you heard anything about that yeah i've been in touch with jamie about um the mushroom festival it's been delayed with covid and all all of that but we are hoping to get it back on track in may it's scheduled for may um i'll be speaking there. My friend Gabriella will be there. She's involved in organizing as well. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Awesome. That's fantastic. I think May 13th is the start of the three-day fest. We're going to have to definitely get Jamie on, Al. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, Katie. We appreciate you so much and good luck with the CSA starter kits this year. What's the website one more time where folks can catch up with that and all your classes? My website is fungalfocusutah.com and I'm on Instagram, fungalfocusslc. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. And that's our show, but time for some more homegrown music. And last week and this week, I think we'll do it again next week too, Al. We're featuring uh, part of the the hum catalog here, Utah Music at the Salt Lake City Public Library. Ben Swisher is with us. Al, let's find out more about how local musicians can get in on this. This has been really great, Ben. We get three bands instead of one every week. And uh, now we get some punk rock with my allowance. a little bit of angst here, I'm I'm supposing. Uh, is a very good read. You are exactly right. Um, yeah, they're listed under punk on the hum site. And their artist bio says three good slash bad boys hungering to rock responsibly. Um, they sound to me like if uh, Devo got stuck in really bad traffic right before band practice. <laughs> um, I like that. And I think, yeah. I think this song also just, uh, I've been playing Wordle a lot like everyone else has. I think this song is a really accurate brain scan of what's going on uh, when I'm down to my last guess and I'm trying to remember every possible word I can. <laughs> so Well, there's overlap with this last band that we shared. Yeah. QT. So how do you get yeah. from Jesse QT and friends to My Allowance? Uh, so Jesse plays drums in My Allowance. So that is the overlap there. Um, and they just have, yeah, uh, Jake lives. He also uh, works at the library as well. Ah, a lot of library folks in on this. In fact, Ben, don't you have some of your music in the catalog too? I do, yeah. I'm not allowed to vote on it. I My music was submitted before I worked for the library, but I do have music in the collection as well, yeah. Okay, next week, Al, we're going to go back to J-Rab and we're going to have to have some Ben Swisher music on, all right? Sounds good. So, Ben, tell us, how about we uh, do a little uh, recap on exactly where folks can sign up and get on the list and be a part of this hum thing? Yeah. So the website, again, for everyone is hum.slcpl.org. So hum.slcpl.org. And you can find info on submitting under the special message tab, the submit tab, FAQs. It's all there. Um And then if you have any questions, there's also some contact if you're running any problems with that. But please, please, please submit. Um, We love to get representation from all corners of Salt Lake, Utah. And we already have a lot of great submissions, but looking for more for sure. So appreciate you all helping out with spreading the word on that. Well, Al, you have how many bands that need to submit now, right? I have a couple. A couple. A couple. Well, you're going to love this band. And once we can get back to um, doing some events with the punk rock farmer in the community, I hope we can get them on the stage, Al. That'd be great. We'll be sure be nice and to go back live again. But um, hopefully that's coming up pretty soon. So this last one is Bad Scansion. And it's by My Allowance right here, fresh and homegrown on CareCL 90.9 FM. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you at the farmer's market.
to my life is so cute and I love it on the day before the game and the other day and not and I know it's a great way to get on your phone for the rest of the best of the year of high quality and quantity and you can always say no, say no, you can always say no, say no, you can always say no, say no. The Utah Film Center and KRCL present Black, Bold, and Brilliant, a series of film and media events that highlight issues affecting the Black community. The next event on February 15th will discuss race, love, and artistic inspiration. More information at utahfilmcenter.org. On behalf of Aldine, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, and myself, Laura Jones, thanks for tuning in to the Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition of Radioactive. Turns out we've got room for one more song. This is from Hum, the Hear Utah Music Catalog at the City Library, available to you to listen and to enjoy online at your leisure. It's Bly Wallentine, Crying Violets on KRCL.
KRCL, your community connection since 1979. Meet Stephen Rivetti, host of World Village, Saturday nights at 7 on KRCL. It all started, I want to say, when I was probably eight years old. I used to go to bed at night listening to the radio, and that's how I first discovered uh, Night Roots with Papa Pilgrim way back in the day in reggae music. So I used to go to bed listening to reggae music, and, and that was one of my just falling in love with the radio at that time. Hearing it just, it, it took me away to a different place at such a young age. My, it just inspired my imagination. When, when my father passed away, probably about 12 years ago, one of the things he said to me was, Stephen, live your dreams. Said, you, you need to like chase after your dreams and do that. And so I said, well, one of the things that I've always wanted to do was share my passion and love of music with audience members. And so that was one of my first steps picking up the phone and becoming just a volunteer is like I, I really respected what KRCL and I really respect what KRCL is all about and so it just motivated me to come down there and just answer phones and volunteer my time for KRCL. Stephen Rivetti, host of World Village, every Saturday night at 7 only on KRCL 90.9. The Utah Black Artists Collective connects and showcases artists of color throughout the state. The nonprofit also offers a mentorship program for young artists of color. More details at ublack.org. That's U-B-L-A-C dot org.